You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation leaders. And today, of course, man, we got a show for you, man. We got a show for you. And I think it was really important and what's exciting about this show. You look at my shirt, you see God got us. And the crazy things we're connected, even though spiritually, in a sense, man, like we, we, we of course, we worship the same, same God, same man. God, but, same God. Uh, shoot, how do we connect? Because we've been connected on Facebook, Facebook. for a while. We, we've been connected for a while. And then I started seeing that we have similar spiritual connections. Yeah. And, uh, you reached out, man, and it kind of took off from there. Yeah, man. So um, I'm excited to bring. I'm gonna let this brother introduce himself, man, because um, too, I'm gonna introduce people all day. So I'm, I'm gonna let him do his thing, and we just gonna vibe, man. Like, yeah. Um, because man, it's first. That's the only thing we really can do because right now in the culture and society, is a lot of stuff's going on. Right. Right. Like, right. I mean, just you woke up. I mean, early this week, you see yeah. what's going on in Wisconsin. Like mm-hmm. NBA, NBA, they gonna stop, cut it out. Then tomorrow, I mean, we yeah. chilling after a long day. We sitting up there. I mean, I'm eating dinner with um my boy Daryl. Shout out to Ariel Perry, man, dope photographer. Oh my gosh, phenomenal. And I'm sitting here, Chad, with Bozeman died. I said, hold up, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, walk me out my sleep, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you wake up, you gotta do this podcast. You're like, yeah. and it's it's become normal. The the stuff was happening in the world. Have, if you ever sat back, you have a a wife and a beautiful daughter, five years old. And you just sat back and during this whole pandemic and see like, what is God doing? Like, what is going on? Have you questioned stuff? Like, what? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's heavy, bro. It's heavy. And and one thing that I we've appreciated about our faith is it's reflective too. Yeah. Um, and it just I told my wife this morning. I'm like, look, this is just another reminder of how to that we just need to live every day to the fullest, right? Yeah. That we can't. You got to put all your chips on the table because. Yeah, life is yet but a vapor, brother. Right. It really is. Like you know, I think it's it's, yeah. it's challenging a lot of Christians, yeah. a lot of believers, yeah. whatever you believe in. Yeah, to really tap into that belief, your yeah. metal is getting tested all day. Like all day. now, whatever all this yeah. stuff, all these quotes you've had, all these years, all these scriptures, yeah. all these yeah. faith over this, can, all these can, T-shirts y'all can, wearing. Can you live it? Is it, now because yeah. now is if yeah. not then yeah. It's all for not, man. It's all for not, man. <laughs> so can you can you share with the audience, man, just yeah. who you are yeah. and, and just kind of give your own intro and then we go jump right in, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um my name is Bobby Robinson. Uh I am the, the Bobby Robinson. The Bobby Robinson. <laughs> 
Um, I'm a business and intellectual property attorney, so I help six and seven figure influencers protect their brands so that they can live the life that they choose to live. Um, I've also founded a number of different companies. So I have a, a legal technology company in Teledoc. We do contract and workflow automation for corporate legal departments. I also have a legal staffing business where we place, you know, all types of attorneys and staff at various organizations. So man, very passionate about entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. uh, wife, uh, daughter. Uh, we're originally from South Florida. South made that Florida. Connection. Yeah. Mine in Fort Lauderdale. So really excited, man, just to be here with you, brother. Yeah, man. And I think what's what's critical about this season of the show, man, season of the podcast rather is I'm I'm intentionally reaching back. Luckily, I don't gotta reach too far back. It ain't like you're 80 years old. You feel <laughs> me? Though? Like it sounds crazy. Like, dang, like for real. Like, but seriously, like uh, Yeah, don't let the gray hair. <laughs> like I've been seeing a lot of gray. I've been seeing homies at like 28 with full gray. I'll be like, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's hard out here. Yeah. <laughs> but really, like this season, um, I really want to be intentional about really co- like bridging the gap. Yeah. In a sense. And the gap is not huge, like 30 to 80, but even this gas, micro gaps, 25 to 30, 30 to 35, 35 to 40. Yeah. The different experiences. Your, you can tell by your body different experiences. All day. Um, your conversation different yeah. experiences. Hopefully your bank account different experiences. And the challenges, different experiences yeah. as well. So this season, we're really focused on really just building bridges mm-hmm. and having multi-layer conversation because in the day when this culture was going on in life, man, is we have to really get back to community. And we've been saying that. Um, y- yeah, because I think it's moments that we're in right now that we are reminded that we need each other. Right. Because in, in typically the culture says, hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm going to get mine. You get yours. Um, but that that's proven to be counterproductive. Now, <laughs> when I got to come back and I need to help you and we need to help each other, it's bruh, I've been trying to help you all this time. Right. But you've been focused on doing you. Right. Mm-hmm. So so community at this moment in time, I think, is critical more than ever. What do you think has been the most challenging and the most um, most challenging and most, the biggest blessing in regards to this pandemic and what's going on in race relations in general? I think generally it, it, it just reminds you of what really matters, right? I think when things tend to slow down, um, there's some clarity. I know for me mm-hmm. that it's, it's been clarifying that um, some relationships I didn't need, mm-hmm. um, you know, some activity I was doing, it wasn't productive or helping me go to the next level. Um, so I don't think, but for this pandemic that I would have had that opportunity to really just sit back and reflect on, you know, am I really moving in the right direction? Do I really need these relationships? Have they been beneficial to me? Are they just transactional relationships? Are they my brothers? So I really had an opportunity to say, okay, these aren't really helpful for me. And it's added a ton of value, right? So I think um, regardless of whatever, whether it be just the racial piece, the economic piece or whatever it is, I think in each of those respective buckets, um, you can find some clarity in terms of where we are right now. Mm. So could you share with our audience, man, a quote or a mantra you live by and then um, share a specific story about how you apply it? Yeah, I feel like um, so we all know Robert Smith yeah. gave a ton of money for Morehouse. And he has this quote about, you know, just bringing your whole self mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me growing up in the hood, basically, um, 
and where I am today and how I connect <laughs> with so many other people. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be true to myself to ensure that I bring my whole self to whatever conversation we're having, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that has proven very beneficial to me because we were just talking about the whole marketing piece, right? And how you show up. Mm -hmm. And as, an, as a black attorney, there's we only make up 5% of the whole profession, mm -hmm. right? I don't even know what the stat is. It's probably a point zero zero something for those of us that do intellectual property, right? Yeah. So it's it's little to nothing. A niche so of then, a niche of a niche. A niche, a niche of a niche. niche, right? So how do you show up in a very authentic way um, that's still attractive, particularly when it's not a lot of people that look like you? More importantly, people that come from my background, Section 8, food stamps, all of that. How do you bring all that to relate to entrepreneurs and everyone else? Um, so that's always been my secret sauce of bringing my whole self to any conversation, any business that I'm doing um, so that people know who I am, opposed to my genius that I bring. Right. Because that is part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not all of it. So it's like this is my whole story and this is who you're doing business with. And that to me is what I live by. Mm. So uh, since we're there, walk us through, man, like Section 8. Florida and Florida yeah. real. It's real, right? Like Durham real, <laughs> DC real, Chicago real. Florida is a different real because it's, it's that it's, it's that realness with that South swag. Absolutely. So it's a it's a it's a crazy yeah. yeah. And in the now, like, hey, intellectual property and Turner, like, it's just it's a lot. It's a it's a huge shift. It's a shift. It's a shift. It's a mindset shift. Yeah. As well, because one of my biggest fears was always slipping back into poverty, mm -hmm. right? So I will work so hard out of fear of raising my daughter or any other kids we have in a similar situation. Cause you know, you always want your kids to do yeah. better, right? Yeah. Um, you're right, it's different. I didn't know no better. I didn't know we were poor cause everybody around yeah. us was in the same situation. It wasn't until I got older and got exposed mm. that I realized that, oh, you know, education is important or cause you know, back then it's just, well, graduate high school, you've done your part. Yeah. Um, but I knew I had to go to, to the next level because that was kind of the standard or at least the base mm -hmm. of where people wanted us to be. Uh, so first in my family to go to college, first in my family to get my MBA, first in my family to get my JD. Right. So it's, it's a lot of firsts mm -hmm. um, and just really, man, just trying to break some generational curses, man, when it comes to how our family was brought up. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's important to me. Mm. So where did you get where did you get your undergrad MBA and JD from? Yeah, so I went to a very small private school in South Florida. It was like Everest University, right? Because yeah. that what was interesting to me is I worked through, man. I started working when I was fourteen, bro. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was, it was like I remember one summer, my eighth grade summer, I worked two jobs. Yeah. It was like a job. It was like a beta program or yeah. something of, of that nature. I was a camp counselor at a middle school, so I'm basically a peer of my, my of my peers. Yeah. And bro, I was bagging groceries at Winn Dixie, right? Uh -huh. So seven days a week, I was working that full summer, uh -huh. and that that work ethic stayed with me. So when it came time to go, I could have went to any school, but my, I felt like I needed to stay closer to home to help my mom, mm -hmm. and so that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and so you know, working hard is just something that I that's all I know. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you went to MBA where? Same, same. So I rolled straight through Everest, okay. went straight to MBA, and then I went to Charlotte Law for my JD. Charlotte Law. Okay, okay. So why why you go from MBA? Why JD? Why did it become getting to law? Um, everybody that I met was like, 
bro, you write really well. Mm -hmm. You you think analytically, mm -hmm. like you would be a great attorney. And I was trying to really, initially it was, I wanted to make myself more marketable yeah, yeah. because I was already, you know, working with athletes and I was helping them with their foundations and I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And so it just naturally just kind of made sense. And quite frankly, when I went to law school, I wasn't going to practice law. Mm -hmm. Again, I just wanted it to be more marketable. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone that I met, all my counselors and advisors, they're like, you'd be crazy not to sit for the bar. Um, and they were like, look, even if you don't practice, just get your license. Mm -hmm. um, and I did. I sat for the bar, passed it the first time. Um, and it was one of the best decisions I made. Mm, and you, you're making all this stuff sound real easy. Like, cause I know people that <laughs> we did, a, I've done a whole podcast about passing the bar before. I've done yeah. a whole podcast about being an agent or working with athletes and et cetera. So I, I like how you're trying to like smooth <laughs> over it. Like, like this is norm in place. Like that's yeah. just, it didn't yeah. normally happen. Um, so kind of, kind of break down specifically. Like, I know we're going to get to what you do today. Yeah. But what, what as, as when you, during this time while you're growing, getting degrees, what were you doing? Yeah, man, I was, I was, some of it was, uh, working a nine to five mm -hmm. and I always had side hustles, mm -hmm. right? So I worked in local government. Mm -hmm. I did corporate, um, again, side hustles. I had consulting businesses. I would help people write business plans. I would do. How do people uh, find out about you just within my MBA program? And then my professors who worked at big corporations would send other people to me. Uh -huh. um, and that was like something I, I made a lot of money just writing business plans. And uh -huh. then um, one of my mentors connected me to somebody who was playing with the Dolphins. And then I started doing a bunch of their foundations and then they started telling their friends. So that's kind of how it all just What's the secret sauce up. behind really like, and I, and I think I kind of know where it is, but what, <laughs> what would you say is a couple ingredients rather? Because not just one thing, secret sauce of, um, that kind of explosion, be able to kind of start something and then clients to just kind of just roll over. And now it's like, wow. Yeah. I, I, I lead with, with my work product. Right. And I think we all have a unique skill set mm -hmm. that other people will pay you to do. Right. And so I always lean into that. Right. So I always find out and know, like, I know you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So let me add value because the first few I just did on GP, I just did it. Mm -hmm. Like I knew how to do it. I learned how to file. I never filed a nonprofit application. I was watching videos, reading books, and I figured it out. And once I did that, I just kept mm -hmm. going through the process. So it's just finding where I can add value, how I can help them. And then knowing my audience, because, you know, athletes generally don't trust people because they've been taken advantage of, or they think you want something from them. And that same thing with entertainers and others, right? So I always make sure that I'm non-threatening. I add value. They get to know me, build a relationship, and then it just, it takes on from there, right? So I think you just got to know your audience, and then I think the rest kind of will work itself out. Mm. And how has your knowledge of your value shifted and grown as your career has grown? Because I know that it's in, in, in regards to monetarily. Like yeah, yeah, I charge, right? So uh, <laughs> for me, if I do something for you for free, mm -hmm. it's because I choose to. Mm -hmm. It's not because I have to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think over time, just experience, mm -hmm. right? Experience to me, I, you know, Started out practicing law at 250 an hour and now you're over 500 an hour, right? So it really, and I've only been doing this for five years. So, and then you go in different places and it's like, oh, you're not charging enough. Mm -hmm. And then you like, this is not stretched like, already. I'm already thinking I'm getting over or you think you're, you know, really overcharging. But some people are like, uh, nah, bro, you ain't charging enough. 
And so it's like, okay, I got to, I got to raise the prices. So. And the reason why I asked that though, because we, a lot of our listeners and audience, some of them, um, are corporate thugging. Yeah. Um, and yeah. let me I check like that it. term. Man. Yeah. I, I like that term, <laughs> but you know, we live in a PC culture right now. So some people will even like that, but like, why does your corporate thugging about black? Yeah, like, so, yeah. Now, I, I get what you're, yeah. where you're going with. And then now. some are entrepreneurs, but then I, there's a notion right now, specifically with millennials, yeah. um, that, I start my business. I need to charge this X amount of rate. And it's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, so, and I always want to put context behind that because there, is, there are certain people that jump in that redistributed their skill sets from their, their corporate roles and they can hit a certain point. Yeah. But there's people that's just really starting their business right now and have this, this, what do you call it? Um, this, uh, what do you call it when you already think you deserve something? Entitlement. And it's like, hold up, like even my speaking stuff, I started off, and, not, and everybody don't gotta go the same route, of right, course, right. but I started off zero, zero, fifty dollars for an hour, a hundred dollars for an hour, like free, 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 three fifty for a whole day. Like, and then now we're in a point we can we can we're argue and demand that. that. Yeah. But still, what's like I see people jumping off the ship, and I'm like, I don't know if people don't necessarily accuracy value or and it's, it's really weird because it can be very toxic because now they get angry when they're not hitting certain rates and try to blast. I don't know. I, I think it's 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 monkey see monkey do. Mm. It's it's this what's this is what X person did and apparently they're successful, so that's the route I have to take. Everybody path to success and it, it just looks different, right? Mm. Um, and it's for me to this day, I still do stuff for free. Yeah, like and and it's just part of the game in terms of if it's something I don't know. Um, and you trust me to do it, I'll do it just for the experience and I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it comes, when that opportunity comes around again, I can charge for it now mm-hmm. because I know what I'm doing. Um, and so that's always just been my general philosophy. I never really, um, understood why someone would feel, I, I get it. Like you need to make money. Mm-hmm. I get that part. And, and most businesses, are, are net negative yeah when they to be when, honest to be honest so you're already gonna be net <laughs> negative right in my opinion and some people depending on the business that's not the case for everyone but in most cases that's the case so they just suggest yeah <laughs> so for me it's get the experience figure out what your customers want a lot of folks don't do the beta testing they don't you know um get enough testimonials or reviews to social proof their brand and things of that nature because that helps you justify your credibility, you justify your value when other people can attest to what you've done for them. It They do the selling for you and then you just close the deal with your price. Mm. So question, do you ever sometimes think, man, like your life has changed on a high level so much from where it was back in the day Yeah. that, man, like, have I grown too far from it? Like, am I still a real dude? You know, because this, this notion of a real person. I'm, I'm going to be honest, bro. Like, I, so I'm a black partner at a big firm. Uh-huh. Um, and I, when I came in, I've never dealt with imposter syndrome. I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. You know, I, being 37, under 40, in a position that I'm in, and it's like, how did you get here? But granted, I know all the work that I've done, but it still doesn't stop me from thinking like, do I doubt myself? Can I do this? Things of that nature. Of course, you'll figure it out and you'll pull yourself together. Mm-hmm. But I, I've had moments where I had to figure out like, okay, bro, put, pull, it, pull it together. Like, look at your sheet. Look at your accomplishments. Look, look at what you've done. You just built the seven-figure business. You've done this. You've done that. So then like, you can do this. 
Right. So, so absolutely. I still have to, but that goes back to when I'm talking to my family back home or talking to any of my old friends, nobody really will let me forget where I come from. Right. And I won't let myself forget where I come from. And it's important for me to even let my daughter know, like, Hey, this is, this is, this is, <laughs> normal. This, this, <laughs> like... is this is normal for you, but this is, not, you know, this is what, this is how we grew up. So mm. did your wife grow up in the same scenario? No opposite so two parent uh, household you, you did that yeah, you, you, yeah, okay you so, saw so, so, okay, you, uh, uh, so, so you know how okay. that so that that you know that's always interesting you, too. you know we married we up, say so, up. Uh, but, of course yeah. everybody won't we're yeah. not saying that somebody's low but you get it don't don't get yeah, 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 yeah. uh but but yeah two parent household um her being the only child at some point in time and so it, her experiences growing up are completely different i High school, went the same high school together. We oh, were wow. about two years apart. This is like a freak. What is it? What's the New York love story? What's the what's the joint in Harlem? I forgot. Like the different right sides of the yeah, track. It's, it's, and, it's crazy, yeah. man. Um, and and I think those those experiences add a ton of value to our relationship. But even more importantly, when I'm having discussions with my daughter about just things that she may not necessarily understand, mm. um, that are even educational for my wife because you know i grew up without my father mm. and so I, I you know sometimes i overlove on my daughter to compensate for things that i didn't have right um and so at at some point my wife didn't completely understand that right um and over time there's this level of appreciation of why you do what you do and you'll be amazed at how much of that is stemmed from your childhood it's scary man that i would say out of all the interviews i've done I'll, I really got to do some data on. I think over 80% of the males that I've had on the podcast had no father. Yeah. And it's scary. Yeah, it's scary, man. Like, literally, like, George, George doing phenomenal. Yeah. Single parent household. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sure about Khalil, but I mean, I can go down, my, my LB Brandon Vick's doing phenomenal. Thinking executive PAG, like freaking yeah. 31, yeah. no father. And I was like, yo, yeah. what? Like, it's just, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy to me. I, I, I take my hat off to my mother. I had great, strong women in my family, but also had dudes in the community yeah. that saw saw the value in me. Um, the Urban Leagues, NAACP's, like, bro, you gonna go to this program, or you gonna go do this, and that's why I started working so early. So, you know, I was good athletically, but I just knew my mom needed help financially. Mm. Uh, so, bro, I was paying bills at an early age, man. You know, mm. just and that 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 just sticks with you. Where did you get your where do you get your drive from and that that curiosity and that intellectual? Like where did it stem from? I, again, I think it, I hate to say it. I think that fear, man, of of just knowing where we grew up from and not seeing a lot of people, not doctors, lawyers, people of professional success. Mm -hmm. um, I saw everything else, drug dealers, this, that and the third. So I, I knew what that looked like. Yeah. But I wanted what did the other side look like? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't Why know, didn't man. you want what that looked like though? Because that that my dad, mm -hmm. right? He was he was on death row, mm -hmm. right? So I, I I knew I wasn't going down that path, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I knew that it had to be another route, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so so yeah, man, that 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 scared the you know what out of me. So mm -hmm. I was like, bro, now mm -hmm. we gonna we gonna go this way. Yeah, yeah. So um, and could we, if you think about your career, like from from what you dreamed of as a kid. Yeah. Like, what did it feel like when you first started really attaining things that you really thought was really out of scope? Like you really couldn't ascertain. It never really was out of scope for me. Okay. 
Like I, I always knew that I would be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started to acquire stuff, mm-hmm. um, I, it's like when you do it, it's like, okay, that was cool. Like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You do it. All right. That's cool too. Like, well, what's next? So it's always the, mm-hmm. the what's next. But then more importantly, it goes back to community, like who else I can help. And I'm always big. So I, I have a soft spot for kids who grew up just like me. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, you know, sending stuff to various kids. Um, my wife and I brought in a young man in our house for a short while who was in transition and having some issues. Um, and that was fulfilling because he didn't have anybody in his mm-hmm. life. Right. Um, so, so always figuring out, yeah, this stuff can be, uh, again, you have it today. You can be gone today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what good can you do with it? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about, since we in this space, man, let's talk about what you, what you see in your spiritual growth, um, as opposed to growing up. Yeah. And I'm gonna layer this question and you can now just from growing up to then now, being having a wife, the kid, and now leading a family because yeah. there's people that yeah, wife right. with kids that don't lead. Yeah. So kind of just walk us through that whole journey. I know that's a big question. Yeah, it's but. a big question <laughs> because you know, interestingly, uh, we didn't grow up quote unquote religious. Okay, right. Um, my mom, she was too busy trying to feed five kids. Yeah, um, and so <laughs> it's just the pra- you know, yeah, that's, it's that's really the real. practical side of it, and we didn't really get introduced to to church. I was probably a preteen. Um, and in fact, it was, it was a, a white church that was up the street. They would come pick us up and all of that. And yeah, that resources, sort of, yeah. They, so that was sort of my introduction to church. Um, when I met my wife, she grew up in the church of Christ. So yeah. I, I, I grew up Baptist and then I got introduced to the church of Christ. And quite frankly, I thought I knew God. Um, but it was very surface. Yeah. Um, when I met my wife, like she had, bounds of notes from church and, <laughs> you know, uh, dad was a deacon in the church yeah. and things of that nature. And I'm like, you know, and we would, we were dating long distance at, mm. at one point in time. And, um, it wasn't until I had to start praying publicly mm-hmm. that I knew that I needed to take my faith to another level. Cause I would pray privately mm. these deep, strong prayers. But when I had to vocalize that publicly, I would clam up. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo and behold, one thing people didn't know about me is, you know, I'm very somewhat introverted, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's, they, some of my friends, they joke and call me the silent assassin, like, bro, he quiet, but you gotta, you gotta watch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he quiet, you gotta watch him. Um, they thinking. They, the, yeah, the, they, yeah, man, yeah, they yeah, thinking. They no, just, they just loud. Quiet, they, they just, just loud. Yeah. We're sitting back, thinking, <laughs> observing, watching who got the power, who don't, you know, so really just trying to, scan the room. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've, I've done all my life. But, but to your point, um, leading, it, it took me some while, uh, some time to, to grow into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and from as men, black men, that's not a, a comfortable place to be because you don't automatically just show up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes, it take it took time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that God gave me the grace and space to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Because I mean, I know we're all over the place, but that's how we do it. It's just, it's just it's, it, I just go it with the energy, man. Is, man. And I think that um, one thing I, I want to talk to because man, you're you're at at, at thirty seven, a, a guy of high affluence in certain in certain spaces. 
And how do you balance like your your, your how do you balance the marriage and and your ambition, your drive to still like because you don't know you got there's more levels. Yeah, and you're still trying to drive, but why do you drive? Like why do you drive so hard? Outside, of course, when it's just the money thing, but at a certain point, like why not just coast and just focus on other things? It's just not in my personality. Mm-hmm. It's just how I'm, I'm, I'm wired. But um, I think, man, I haven't always done a good job of taking care of myself, my, my mental health or anything of that nature. So I've over the past few years, I've gotten better with doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Meditation and um, creating boundaries, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're young and you're hustling, you, you're chasing a whole lot, mm-hmm. um, you may compromise yourself trying to get to that next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just a lot of lessons learned, man, that I just got, it's just over time revealed to me that, you know, um, if you got to try too hard for that, that ain't, that ain't for you. Right. But, but your ambition will continue to mm-hmm. cause you to do that. And it's just experience and wisdom over time to just pull back and go in the right direction. How do you create those boundaries though? Like what is a boundary look like? Let's, let's be, Practical, tactical. Like, what is a brown look like, man? For me, anything that just robs me of my peace, bro. Anything that that just doesn't sit right with me, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't let myself get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, oftentimes, I'll 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 disengage, or I'll go in a different direction, or again, I'll create those boundaries. But before, even if my peace was disturbed, I would still go for it if I knew I can get a client, or if I knew I could get whatever you get, which, but it's, it, your peace is disturbed, you know, and I, I've come to appreciate that more than I did mm-hmm. a few years ago. Let's have a component where this is uh we usually do it at the beginning of the show to, to, to draw the context. I think you already have, but what, what would you say some of your biggest accomplishments? This opportunity, I really want to hear, like, this is you on the poll. You know, when people read the loud, yeah, long yeah, bio, yeah. you're like, bro, yeah. like for real, I'm yeah. about to talk you then, bro. <laughs> Man, I think it's, it's my daughter, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, not having my dad around, my mom, you know, again, doing her best mm. to raise us. Um, you know, she, she's a big accomplishment for me because I think it's, you know, when I see her, it's a reflection of how much I've grown. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the patience uh, that I have with her that either my mom or others didn't have and how we, you know, have conversations and it's more of a, you know, do or something, you know, as I tell you to, opposed to, you know, not a conversation. It, it ain't a conversation, <laughs> right? They, you know, I'm the parent, you the child sort right. of situation. Um, so, so she is, and she, she keeps me motivated, man. And she encourages me. Um, even in the wake of all this racial stuff, man, she, she asks daddy, why are they hurting black people? Mm-hmm. And, you know, why are they doing this and that to black people? And I, um, you know, she 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 almost had me tearing up. She's like, well, I don't want you to go to jail. I don't want you to get, you know, in trouble. And it's just her awareness of, of what's happening. But I think it's the environment that we created for her just to express herself and, and what she does. So I'm proud of that. Mm. So let's talk into how did you get into IT and te- intellectual property? And what does that really what does that really mean? Yeah, man, it's it's just that. Like this this podcast, this your IP, mm-hmm. right? This your this your genius right mm-hmm. here on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people need to protect it. You know, Google. I think I I checked their their trademarks are worth like six hundred million or some some crazy mm-hmm. in terms of how much they bring in every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are different forms of IP. You know, mm-hmm. you got trademarks, copyrights, patents, mm-hmm. trade secrets, right of publicity, which a lot of student athletes are really concerned about NIL, right of publicity. 
Um, and some of them you can have more than one, mm-hmm. right? So you can have a trademark and a copyright. Uh-huh. So, you know, to me, if you don't protect it, your competition can come in and basically take advantage of all the work that you've done, mm-hmm. right? So, um, legally, legal. why is it set up like that? How can, like, you could build something all day, you ain't never, you didn't copyright, you didn't do something, and they could just say, oh, mine now. Well, it's up to you if you create it. You got to protect it. And it's important that, you know, obviously you got to know when and what to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some instances where it's not worth investing the money if it's not something that um, you intend to commercialize. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. But it's the conversation of you calling me to say, hey, this is what I'm working on. Um, at what point should I be thinking about these things? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, you should have thought about that yesterday before you launched it. Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, let's evaluate what your plans are. And then we can come up with a strategy mm-hmm. on how we're going to approach protecting your IP. So it really just depends mm-hmm. on the brand and what you're trying to do. And that's why I feel like my entrepreneurial background mm-hmm. helps my clients, right? Because you got a lot of lawyers who just went to law school and can't tell you nothing about yeah. running a business. They've never had to grow a business. Um, and so I, I, I blend business and legal very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think God has really p- uniquely positioned me um, to do that because I, I feel like, I, to your point, I look back on the days of helping athletes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a lawyer yet, but I was working on my MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like all of that experience and talking to these guys and other other you know entertainers and others it helped me really understand how to how do folks think that that are really visionaries and and um, about you know obtaining their goals how, how do they think and and allow me to sort of help them execute on that what would you say you don't have to name them what would you say is some certain a couple of uh, some stories or a couple key things that you've gotten working with the clients that um from a, a worldly perspective have really attain certain levels that like yo they really really there like what are some what are some things some core things if some traits or things that you've observed during those times and those conversations that could probably benefit our audience i think it's diversification of of thought and business Mm -hmm. right diversification of thought in that um you see things for what they are um but you also see them for what they can be um oftentimes uh, most people will see it for what it is and stop. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I read the law, I read it for what it says, but I also read it for what it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a, a lot of times um, most entrepreneurs don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. They see it for what it is and then they try to figure out some other way. But I, diversification of thought. The second thing is truly diversification of revenue streams. Right. Um, I, I don't think that everything that you're doing mm-hmm. If one dries up, Mm -hmm. you got to have other spigots that's going to flow. And you don't have to own 100% of it. And that's one other thing I learned, too, is like they'll take 10% of a million plus dollar business. Mm -hmm. But some people won't do it because they don't own it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if I had a 10% and 20 businesses and they all worth a billion dollars, that's a different sort of approach to how you do business. Um, and so I think we just have to think about what our goals are and what ways can we get there. I always look at just a toolbox. You got all this stuff in the toolbox, but what do we need to pull out to, mm. to help you get where you, where you're trying to go? Mm. I guess some of that is difficult because I mean, 
even that, it's like we live in it. Sometimes you you grow up and it's like some people can't even honor giving twenty dollars back, right? And then you 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 doing a, a equity partnership. You're like, well, if I get ten percent, when do when do I get the bread? How do I know you're gonna get it? Yeah, like you get yeah. it round out because mm-hmm. literally sometimes you see, oh, they just got an eighty million dollars of funding and well, equity until they actually go public. Did that even confer? Like you just in the wind and mm-hmm. in the black coach, you like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I said somebody, hey, you help co-produce this podcast, et cetera. I give you 10% equity. What the hell that mean? Yeah. How do you convert that? Yeah. I, you, I think we kind of talked about mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, first, before I even answer that, I always tell people, look, don't invest it if you can't stand to lose it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you can't stand to lose it, mm-hmm. don't invest it. But if you can... Um, make sure you protect it via documentation, right? Mm-hmm. How do you secure the equity? There are certain provisions in an equity deal mm-hmm. that when you do get funding that you drag along with everybody else. So you go along and so if you cash out, I cash out. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes, um, if you don't have the appropriate provisions, you're just sitting on somebody's <laughs> stock cap, basically. <laughs> and and it's it, while it's worth something on paper, it's worthless to you because you can't you can't liquidate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to figure out and make sure you have somebody review those documents to say like, look, if they raise a hundred million, like how can I cash out? Mm-hmm. Right. Or you may not want to cash out because it's going to, the value going to go up. Right. And that means your stock is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So it's just having the right conversations. How are you, uh, for what you can share, how are you, how are you diversified now as far as the things that you work on and, and, and educate the audience, what, what all do you work on? Like, I know you, you wear a lot of hats. I do, man. Um, so I have the, so I'm a partner at a law firm. So, you know. And what does that really mean for, for, for non-legal people? Like, yeah. So, I mean, so the business is, it's an LLC yeah. firm. Um, so I'm a member. Yeah. So members are owners. Um, and in the legal profession, it's a partner. So it's a more senior person in the firm. Um, uh, we're really tasked with, you know, bringing in the business mm-hmm. really. And so right underneath us are associates. Yep. Um, and then be- below them are paralegals or legal assistants, basically. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm really just a rainmaker. So yeah. I go out, <laughs> I, ne- I, I, I network, I bring in business. The introvert. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I've just gotten good at connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they sense my genuineness and, and me being authentic and it, it works because people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so got the law firm. I have my legal technology company, mm-hmm. um, the legal staff and business, and I do invest in other companies. Um, like a year ago, I did like a property management company and I have some other opportunities that I'm looking at. So it just, it really just depends. How do you value a good investment as opposed to a bad investment in general? I think it's just something that for me personally, it's just apart from proving that it works, you can make money and all that. Like, are you, am I passionate about it? Like, can I, can I get behind it? Can I get excited about it? Um, and, and if I can, then I'm cool with mm. figuring out how, how we can make something happen. And from your and for your knowledge and skill set, and for our audiences that are creating content, just, let's say talking the media space or yeah. content development, which is hot right now, Netflix, a lot of people buying up content, crazy mm-hmm. podcasts. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but also too, that's on a high level. But on low level, there's a lot of content creators that don't are not licensed and stuff. There's a lot of you just don't know what you don't know. 
So what advice would you give for the the up and coming creatives mm -hmm. and the current creatives as far as um, dealing with content, dealing with creation? Because yeah. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of state, uh, but also, too, there's a lot of just you don't know. Yeah, um, I think, man, in, in this age that we're in, we can't claim that we don't know. <laughs> like you got to put in the work. Yeah. Assuming you put in the work. Mm -hmm. um, you got to talk to people like me, right? So um, if you're creating content, the rule of thumb is whoever creates it owns it, right? So if you create it, you own it. Now, with copyrights, the moment you create it, like this video, when it's done, it's copyrighted, right? Mm -hmm. When you take photos, it's copyrighted. But what a lot of people don't do is they don't take the next step of registering it, mm -hmm. right? It's hard to license what you don't own, mm -hmm. right? So it's just like this, this real estate, I was, IP is just like real estate. Mm -hmm. When you own the dirt, you own the building, you can decide who come and go, mm -hmm. right? So if you have IP, you can decide who license and who, who shouldn't, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you have to take the steps to protect it. And if you don't, then again, you got to come to me and we got to issue a cease and desist letter to get it all squashed and all that. Um, but there's so many opportunities to your point I can't tell you, I got a lot of clients who are producing content, even smaller influencers and big brands are asking about their videos or their photos. And they're coming to me like, okay, now what do I do, right? Um, and then we walk them through the process. And most brands and companies are expecting you to have legal counsel. Otherwise, the deal is gonna be one-sided. <laughs> yeah, period. Period. Because I tell clients all the time, Brands have a hundred lawyers for a reason. Those hundred lawyers represent that brand. They don't represent you. Mm -hmm. And so your best interest isn't going to be at hand when it comes to that deal. Mm -hmm. Right. So all their contracts are, are drafted to protect the brand, mm -hmm. not you. Um, and that's why it's important to pull somebody like me in to balance that out for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you see the most in regards to working with different clients and in, in different space? Um, nah, let me say, let me retract that. What are some of the biggest gaps that you see and when you just outside looking in, right? So you're just mm -hmm. looking at stuff and specifically entertainers and, and, and influencers, specifically online now, because yeah. the influencers, are, they're getting a lot of clout. There's they're a lot of stuff. a lot of clout but, right now. But, you know, I mean, I have personally have friends that, I mean, after I get off this thing, I need a contact because I know they're a high level, but I just, something in my spirit, I just talk to them, I see how much they pay in taxes, all this other stuff. I'm like, yo, yeah. they um, people around you, I'm like, because I, I hope, I want them to keep winning, yeah. but like, what if stuff goes left, yeah. and and I'm like, and there's probably a lot of them out there like that, mm -hmm. that are just getting money, they're getting checks now, they're getting big checks. but they could probably be even getting bigger and more strategic stuff mm -hmm. if they kind of oriented stuff a different way. You're absolutely right. So I had that, like right now, I got a pretty big influencer out of Atlanta, and before she came to me, uh, a, she wasn't charging enough. Mm -hmm. um, as far as for just in general, whatever she did. Just in general, she wasn't charging enough. And then her exclusivity periods were too long, meaning a lot of these brands want you to be exclusive to them and not obviously co-brand or do something with their competition. Um, but So you're charging a little bit of money and your exclusivity period is too long. Mm -hmm. It needs to be commensurate, right? Mm -hmm. They need to correlate. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're losing money because you're you're locked in with them for too long. Mm -hmm. So having to renegotiate a lot of those things, 
Um, they don't really understand like what the exclusivity period means and how it affects other checks. Mm -hmm. It's not just this check that I'm concerned about. It's all the other checks that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. um, and so it is educating them more broadly because especially if they're rising influencers, they just excited to get a check. Um, but we got to start thinking more broadly about it's just not this campaign. It's about all the other campaigns to follow. And we need to have a system and a process of how we negotiate these things. Because it's, it's very hard. Okay, It's very hard when you look at you look at things and you're like, even myself last year, we did we, we, uh, we did some work with a big tech company. And I mean, shoot. Uh, I, 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 I think I told you about it where I went your first time working with a big brand is you, you giving out every, every blueprint. Every like blueprint. I'm looking at, I yeah. look, I look back at my email yesterday. I said, yeah. here's the game plan. Yeah. I literally wrote down a whole one page game plan on how to do everything. No, we ain't I got doing five that. grand. That's it. That. I got five grand per yeah. event. And then in my head, I was like, well, five grand, it's an hour. Yeah. I was like, hold up. I make, yeah. I was like, yeah. I coordinated the event. Yeah. I found the contractors. I dictated the pace. Right. I got resumes. Yeah. I did all this other yeah, stuff. And I'm like, right. Bruh, yeah. yeah. What? And that's important because. Um, there's so many, that's a pricing strategy, right? So a lot of people will just say, oh, this is my hourly rate and that's what they charge. But you got administrative time, you got travel time, you got all these other expenses that are built into your ability to execute on that service. You got to capture that. Otherwise, you still got to pay it. Bruh, it's, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I'm looking at like literally, I know companies that, that for even from a one experience who, position the resumes that they got from top quality candidates that's yeah. that was 50 100 that's a six and i'm like i got filed like and they was and they, yeah. they had a yeah. dancing we had to go back and forth about i said bro about no nah. Nah. And I know y'all was BS because y'all swiped the credit card to do it yeah. it wasn't yeah. even no contract they already had the budget for it but that's neither here nor there yeah. but i learned a valuable lesson it was two years ago i learned a valuable yeah. lesson yeah because it's like man it's so easy Cause like this is you work hard to get to the place where you can work with these these big companies. Yeah. But then when you get there, it's hard when you it's a get used. Game. It's a different game. You know they're gonna try to squeeze you for as much as they can. Mm -hmm. But you gotta know your worth. Mm -hmm. You it gotta is. know your numbers. Mm -hmm. Very hard. Very hard. Very hard. But is it very hard, or you it's just not. have to talk to the right people? It's not. To your point about your colleague, mm -hmm. you gotta surround yourself with the right team. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tell every entrepreneur they need to have the ABCs of business, right? An attorney, a relationship with a banker and a CPA, right? Of course, you're gonna need other people around you, right? A social media person, uh, uh, an insurance person, or, you know, all that. But that core group is what you're gonna need. And I found that to be true, like even on the banker side, a lot of my clients who were trying to get PPP money, they couldn't get it because they had no relationship with their bank. Mm, and I, I, I lucked up because I had a, a young guy, man. He was out, he, he was out in the A and he was actually a banker that pri he got a, he took time out of his time mm -hmm. to process, work through the forms. Mm -hmm. And I was able to actually get my dad some and everything yeah. else. But I mean, if he wouldn't have. It's just those relationships. That's it. But yeah. I did, I, one thing I did learn, I, I want to, I, starting off, even with my vision, like, cause I've been, in this game for a little while, but just started this year really operating from a technical standpoint in yeah. certain ways mm -hmm. because I felt I had a fear that the very entry to say a lawyer, like, I mean, I'm 20. Yeah. We had a hundred interns joining me in the team. We had parties, all this other stuff. But if you were to say, yo, gee, there's a next level to it. Well, I'm like, lawyer, like, I, where am I pay for that? Yeah. Uh, a banker. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, I'm black. I don't go yeah. to the bank. Like, I mean, yeah. I do go to the bank, but right. I, can't, I don't talk to yeah, these people. Talk to the bank. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, it's sure, all the other stuff. It's asinine to me. Yeah. So how do we get over that fear to say, hey, like the money fear, the, the, the bluntly, 
Because like you said, a lot of businesses ain't making money. So then yeah. you say, you know, ABC's attorney. Yeah. They're like, attorney, yeah. bank? What? Yeah. Like, for real? Like, they I just see dollar signs, right? Yeah. But I always tell people, you either pay me now or you're going to pay me <laughs> And if you pay me now, it's going to be a little cheaper mm. than you paying me when you're getting sued, right? Mm. So I'd rather help you on the front end and we can work through all that other stuff, mm. right? Um, and, so, and most times you can't afford not to mm-hmm. have an attorney, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's going to take a tribe and we make money and, and we, we find, you know, what we want to spend money on. Yeah. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. Because you look at it, people say you, gonna come you look at the outfit, you got, like, oh, you got a Louis right? bag, you riding in a G-Wagon, but you can't afford it. You probably <laughs> definitely see that. Because you <laughs> work with people like, hold up, yeah. yeah, I see it all the time. So it's like, okay. And then they'll come back. How much you want for that? It was four grand. Now it's 10 grand. <laughs> so... <laughs> It is what it is. No payment plans. No payment plans. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the thing, though. It'd be like the, the, the help you most need is the help you can't afford. You can't afford. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So, what do you yeah. meet with that? What do you do for business owners like you? You need his help. I, I do. I do. Like, I, I'm not talking very, about you generally. No, I'm, I'm, I could talk to my, uh, for myself and yeah. say, I'm very generous with my time. Mm-hmm. And that I, I, if I see that you're trying to do the right thing, like, I will try to work mm-hmm. with you. Um, so, you know, if, if it is a payment plan, I said it jokingly, but I, I've done that for clients too, mm-hmm. to say, look, we'll, we'll stretch this out because I know how important this is to you. So I try to do what I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my contribution. No, <laughs> 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 nah, that, that's, that's huge, man. So at the end of the day, like, what do you, what do you think the future looks like for you and your, in your business? And, and yeah. I, cause I know. Um, you're working on some, some big things over the next couple of months or a year. I don't know when you're rolling out, but like, what's the future look like? Yeah. So I'm rolling out a new brand, the yeah. influencer attorney. I think we spoke about that. Yeah. Um, and it's just my way of niching down. Yeah. Um, I've realized that I've kind of created a, a broader brand, but I still get questions about, well, what do you really do? Who do you really help? Um, but I've realized in this season, um, that God is saying, I need you to, to be more close to what you're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I'm most passionate about helping millennial influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the brand I'm launching in a couple of weeks. Um, so really excited about that too. And what's the, so what does your ideal person look like? Yeah. So generally most of the influencers I work with, they're six, seven figure earners already. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, anybody else that's trying to get there, we'll work with them too. Um, but that's generally the group that they're overwhelmed. Um, they got the monetization side, but they struggle on the legal side. Mm-hmm. So they getting all these contracts in, or they seeing other people still in their content. Um, and LegalZoom and all these other platforms ain't gonna work for them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they really need a dedicated resource that they can send stuff to, and then that's when I come in. Do this, I need to go with him, and even probably you seen on sometimes you can't even sign with certain agents and what you without going to certain lawyers. And you've probably seen that kind of in the back end, like I've you got to do yeah. double, like, so how do we as a, as a people start working with each other again? Cause they they have one bash means one, one black lawyer and all of a sudden, not, yeah. oh my, I got me an ex lawyer, you yeah. feel me? Unfortunately, I've not had that experience. And I think it's because it's, again, it's not a lot of black lawyers that do corporate or business work. Yeah. So most of the black lawyers I know do family law, criminal, mm-hmm. personal injury, right? So it's not very many of us that, that do it. So it, I chalked that up to be, they didn't know what their options were, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In terms of who was available to support them. Um, and quite frankly, a lot of my clients don't even look like me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, that, so that I have that too. So mm-hmm. it, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have, I have, I've seen it um, for sure. So when you, you say you're launching, you're launching this brand in a couple of weeks. So you'll still be, you'll still be partnering the company. Yeah. And this is a side thing. Like, how do you, how, how do you manage your time? then? like, what is it, what does the schedule look like for you? Like, because you have multiple clients you servicing, mm-hmm. you got a family, you're part of the company, partner that I know that's probably not light. Um, so like, what is that even? For me, it's really just a, a revenue, uh, a, a, me being a lead mag- magnet, mm-hmm. basically, right? Because it's a big firm. Mm-hmm. It's over 200 lawyers. Oh, wow. And before... Huge. How many partners are there? Um, 65. Okay. Um, so before I had my own shop, so I controlled the messaging. Yeah. See, now I'm in somebody else's shop, and now they're controlling the messaging. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to talk directly to my audience without them getting lost about how do I find Bobby in the midst of all this? (laughs) So that's, to me, it was, I got to cut through it. And the only way I know how to do it is to create this brand that people can come directly to me. And we'll still work through the firm. um, But that's just my way. And if I ever decided to open my own shop again, I'd take my brand and my my ball home with me. And we're going to play ball that way. Yeah, man. I think there's a... Generally where most of my clients get the most value out of me. Yeah. so yeah, you're right. Th- that comes naturally. Yeah. So I, they don't, when they get me as their attorney, they also technically get me as a business advisor, coach. Because I, 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 you think I always think of people that's in the background is collecting checks and not no, doing that. He's we, looking over a contract. I'm like, bro, the, I'm paying you all We're on the rent. front line, man. And, and so, all of y'all yeah, are on the front line, yeah, bro. I, I know I am. I know I am. Yeah, I know I am. We, yeah, you crazy. <laughs> because I mean, shoot, I think lawyers get a good and bad rap because you know, I see, I watch TV, bro. Like back in yeah. the day, I'm like, yeah. and then I see the legal system sometimes it even like, I'm like, hello. Like, yeah. y'all get money for what? What y'all doing, bro? I, like, we, well, you know, listen, you know, it's just like doctors going to medical school. We went to law school. Yeah. We, Spent a lot of money for these yeah. degrees. <laughs> had to sit for the bar. Yeah. Y- y'all gonna pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> y'all gonna pay for yeah. this. Y'all gonna pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, uh, we got a rapid fire round, man. Yeah. If if your younger self walked in this room, um, sat down in front of you and said, hey, um, I need some advice. Just like you know what you know now, what would you tell to him? And don't 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 do the cop out and say just do do what you've been doing. Like no 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 no. no. I I would say trust your dopeness, right? Uh-huh. Trust trust because there there are times where I uh, didn't trust what I knew, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes the validation came from other places mm-hmm. and things. Um, but when no, when that validation ain't there, you still got to push through and execute. Right. Um, so I would just say, trust that. Right. Because a lot of times you get into this place of, oh, this person got more followers or this person has these things. Right. Um, but I never really focused on building a brand on social media until now. Right. So all of my work really was just offline and organic based on relationships and prior work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at it now, it's like, okay, now I got to enter this social media space in order to service the people that I want to service. Do you feel like your brand needs to be, do you, how, how, 
how important is it that the other like the aesthetic the flower the the fly the 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 followers and things of that nature on social for you or is it more so like uh just having a profile that people can see the work just see seeing the work because before you know representing some of the clients a lot of them don't want to be on social media yeah that's the thing you know so especially if you got a guy that's doing good business i don't want you getting more time time. like hold up oh i refer people that's you one guy like you probably have other we do have associates yeah and i I have folks on the team that okay i was like bro like i wouldn't want to refer like damn i can't get in contact with him no more i don't put my boy on and i find my boy getting deals i'm like bro like my man ain't got me a deal like what's up bible what's up i get it all the time i get it all the time so yeah i'm always helping folks and and i do what i can i mean some clients don't they only want to work with you mm-hmm. um and that that that's a challenge um because if you pass them off they feel like you know because i mean you probably work with so many egos on so many different levels like yeah but i'm fortunate i i'm i'm in a position where i choose who okay, i want to work you. with like i know a lot of my colleagues they take whoever come through the door uh-huh. that's just not like if we don't vibe, if I don't feel like I can help you or you're not gonna really listen to me, mm-hmm. then I, you ain't finna keep me up all night. Mm. And also too, now here's some things people don't talk about, which is really important. When you start to really understand your value and understand your dopeness, how do you move in rooms with people that, that really don't? That ain't my problem. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it took me a while to kind of get there too, cause I was too concerned about everybody liking me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to a point to where it really didn't matter. I knew that I had to influence the room or the room would influence me. Um, and so anytime I go into a room, I try to figure out who's doing the influencing and then those who I engage with. Cause I always say like, bro, if you can't write the check, we can talk, but it's not really much you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I'm in negotiating, are you authorized to write the check? If not, like we need the person who can make the decision. Um, but I had, I had to, I had to grow up. I had, to, <laughs> I had to grow into the person you see today because I wasn't always as confident or like I, I was smart, but I wasn't always my my confidence didn't always follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to grow into a lot of things, and I'm still growing. Mm. Do you kind of can you? This is. Uh, can you forecast where your where your growth is where your growth probably will be over the next ten years? What areas? Um, I, I feel like yeah, that's that's a hard question. Yeah, that's a very that's hard, a question. hard question. I was I like, it's kind of put on the podcast. I feel arrogant, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's not like, like well, because I mean, but the thing is, I mean, I can answer. I'll be like, yeah, blah blah, but it's just, yeah. It's, but then he's like, hold up, G, yeah, and, I, yeah, and I watch yeah, myself five yeah, years. Like, yeah, you didn't say that? How did you know that? <laughs> oh man, that's bro. I might have to come back. And yeah. That was a dope question. Yeah, um, yeah I, you know, that's hard. I, I think the humbleness in me wants to say the right thing. Yeah. But I, I just, I would just hope um, I'm much more confident um, than I am today. Cause I, you know, it's, it's just something that it's just a feeling that you have to embrace. Mm-hmm. And then um, last question this round, when it's all said and done, when doors close on, unfortunately, I'd be Morgan, but when doors close on life, man, how do you want to be remembered? Um, not to be cliche, but, um, like he led with his heart. He cared about people and he always did the right thing, Mm. you know? Um, because every, you know, we always got the decision to, to do right or wrong or what have you. Um, but I, I just want people to, to know like, yeah, he was a good dude and, and led with his heart, man. And that, that's important to me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So rapid fire round, man. We got just a few rapid fire questions, and then uh, we wrap it up. All right. Yeah. yeah. What's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Hmm. Wow. Um. Really, never stop dreaming, bro. I never really had anybody to encourage me to do a lot of dreaming. Mm-hmm. And um. And so I, I, I wouldn't, I would say that to somebody, right? Cause I never had anybody say that to me. Mm, mm. If you had the chance to add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Um, I think I'm pretty disciplined, but I would, I would ratchet up my discipline. Even more? Even more. Yeah, <laughs> like bro, even more double. That's like it's like, like, like God saying, like, like, yo, like, I want yeah. double the portion yeah, of Elijah." Just, what? Yeah, like, bro? Because I, I have moments where I I need to be more disciplined. Um, like even how, if I spend too much time on social media or whatever, like like bro, you, there's some revenue generating activity you could be doing right now. So like, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so so that that could be it. That that adding that more discipline. And again, taking away the habit of probably spending too much time on social media. What is your uh, favorite book or movie and why? Um, favorite book, actually, man, um, Kobe's book. I've read a lot of books apart from the Bible, but Kobe's book um, was, again. Which one? The Mama Mentality? Mama Mentality. That junk is crazy. It's the crazy bigger one? With the bigger it's one. It's like, it's so. It's, it's impactful, man. It's impactful, bro. I like I so when I'm I'm having moments of just whatever I have certain chapters that I just go to to read that to is one re- of the most powerful books I've ever read energize me um so that's 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 the book man but also too it's sad because I feel like everybody not everybody could but God can did that's everybody no, I don't know I I've been thinking like why well, don't there's very few people that have that mentality yeah. though and people want to front though they do like they ET have. always said everybody yeah. everybody has the, yeah. The auspice of, yeah, yeah, we committed, we yeah. execution, yeah. analyze, study, yeah. but very few yeah. people do that. You got to be locked in. That's that discipline, man. Mm. He had it. Mm. He What's had your biggest it. fear? Poverty, man. Uh-huh. Poverty. Um, so, yeah, we're going to keep hustling. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? Uh, end world hunger, man. Like, mm. you know. I grew up hungry sometimes, man, and I, I never want that for anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's the last end of that, man. Um, the, everybody that comes on the show is a culture change agent, man. They're changing the culture. Yeah. Um, and everybody listening is changing the culture. Some yeah. are changing it from a positive. Some are changing it negative. It's just Absolutely. the way of life. You're either going up or down. Yeah. You're not yeah. really, even when you go in middle, you're going, it's just, there's no middle. Yeah. Um, if you could change one thing about society, most specifically African-American culture, what would it be and why? Um, Acceptance. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we um, we're challenged with accepting realities that we may not agree with, or or things that people ha- have told us we need to believe. Right? Um, you can believe more than one thing in terms of just societal norms. It doesn't have to be this this one way. Um, and so I would just acceptance and tolerance, even of of each other. Cause like you said about the one, the business, the one black experience you had, and it was may have been a bad experience, mm-hmm. but I go to white restaurants and other restaurants all mm-hmm. the time and have, hor- but I keep going, we keep going back. Yeah. So I think that tolerance and acceptance is something I would certainly change. Mm. So uh, my little trouble as a nation, man, we want to thank 
y'all for listening. Thank my <laughs> like everybody for giving over an hour of your time, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank Anytime. you for giving over an hour of your time, yeah, man. Like, yeah, like I said, it. we really just connected like a couple weeks ago. Couple weeks. And then ago, we just man. jumped on the phone. Like, you got a second? Cause yeah, I was walking. Yeah, I was like, walking. you got a second? We both walking. Yeah, I was like, all right, let me. Cause I mean, <laughs> there's something about immediate execution. Yeah. Like you see something like, hey man, what's up, bro? Yeah. Like, what do you do, bro? Yeah, like, absolutely. all right, cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm at Fort Lauderdale. Oh, you go to Church of Christ too? Yeah. Okay, say less. You like a brother then? Like, no more. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that, man. And where can people find out more information about you, what you're going to be offering? Like, yeah. Um, so on Instagram, Facebook, you find me at, at the influencer ATTY. So at the influencer ATTY. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So my notice show is a nation. Make sure, like, show the episode some love, man. If you know influencers or influencer of influencer, all that stuff, man, just reach out. And it's Absolutely. just a conversation. We'll if a it conversation. doesn't, if it doesn't line up, it don't line up. Absolutely. But we have to get to the point. I'm challenging myself. Even if you feel like you're not ready or even whatever, have the conversation. Yeah. Go to your bank. I know, I know your, hey, I've been there. I know your bank account negative, or <laughs> it's like you got less than a thousand dollars and they, you, they gonna look at you crazy when you, like, yeah. I talked to yeah. the banker. Yeah. Go to the bank regardless, yeah. man. Like, Absolutely. let's have these conversations. Um, cause if you don't need it now, like you said, you may need it in the future. If your vision that big, you're gonna need you it. All right, man. It. So, Trouble is Nation, two things, two things only. Number one, make sure you leave a review. Five stars only. If it's not five stars, do not leave a review. And number two, make sure you change it. The freaking culture. Good night. <laughs>